What's going on? Volume 10, everybody. This is it. We made it to number 10. This was a goal of mine that I wanted to do and not fuck off on this while uh, um, at like episode five or six or anything like that. So we made it. Volume 10, Starving Artist Podcast. Today, today's a big one because uh, I was talking with a, with a really good buddy of mine who is um, a world traveler. And I actually... I did a podcast with him probably like, I don't know, like four or five months ago and it was shitty uh, because I wanted to start a podcast. So I figured, you know, he's super into the social media, super into travel. The guy's been uh, the guy's been on the road for about five years now. He's lived in Thailand. He's lived in mainly lived in Korea. And then now he just moved to uh, to Australia. So I figured volume 10 would be the perfect episode for him to come on and and uh and talk with me and it was uh it was good to first of all it was good to catch up i haven't talked to him for real and oh shit probably like a month because he's everywhere man the guy is everywhere so uh to, his name's anthony and i have him on today and it's a good uh it's a good dude to have for my for my 10th episode 10th anniversary episode uh of the Starving Artist Podcast. So before we get started, we have to read the sponsor. Volume 10 is brought to you by Quaver. Quaver is a new online platform that helps music students easily find a teacher and helps music teachers market, manage, and grow their studios. For private music teachers, Quaver was designed to take the administrative, time-consuming clutter out of running a private music teaching studio. Too much of a music teacher's time is wasted chasing down payments, organizing a teaching calendar, building an online presence, and finding new students. Quaver will help with all of that. On Quaver, you can automate receiving your lesson payments from your students, seamlessly organize your teaching calendar, and help yourself find new students with an easy-to-build studio webpage. And we'll even do the marketing marketing of it for you. Along with the automated lesson payments, Quaver wants to help private music teachers earn more money. Because when have you ever heard a music teacher say, I earn too much money? Never. Quaver will reward teachers with a 1% bonus on their total annual teaching revenue that is processed through the platform. Essentially, Quaver pays music teachers for using the platform to enhance their income. For students and parents, Quaver is your go-to platform for finding a high-quality private music teacher. No more sifting through random Google searches. No more sifting. Holy shit, almost made it through, guys. Almost made it through. No more sifting through random Google search results or ripping off a paper tab on an outdated ad at a coffee shop. No more. Discover your next great music teacher on Quaver. We at Quaver are passionate about building the Quaver community, providing a seamless online experience, and to enhancing the lives lives of music teachers and students. You can find us online at www.quaver.io. That's Q-U-A-V-E-R dot I-O. Quaver. Let's make music together. This is it, everybody. This is so. So, anyone listening, this is the start. This is volume ten, Karch. We're at yeah, it is. We're at a big, uh, big turning point in episodes. Uh, volume wow. ten. Uh, so we made it. We're wow. we're at ten. We're at ten, dog. And uh, you're number ten. Ten full ones. What a what a Amazing. person to have on for number ten, though. I think I, I think Thank you're you. the you're the person that should be on here for for number ten. I believe that I, because a you're the one who started who started me on this shit, and was it was Good. you know it was yes. just like dude start a podcast I'm like fuck all right so now we're here dude what's uh so for everyone out there listening because we get about twenty twenty views twenty listens an episode 
Um, this That's is good. More than zero. This is uh, this is Anthony Carty. This is an old friend, a super good friend, who uh, traveling Earth. Really, he's a citizen of the citizen of the Earth for real, and uh, we're here today with with Anthony Carkiti, as a lot of people refer to him as. Um, what's uh, what's fucking Australia like, dog? Tell tell the people you're. Uh, what's up? What's going on out there? All right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm currently living in Melbourne, mm-hmm. Australia. I, uh, which is 2018, almost 2019 now, <clears throat> but in like 2016. So I was living in Korea, yeah. right? Um, and um, my plan was to I moved back to Canada. Blah blah blah. Long story short, my plan was to move back to Korea for one more year, in the event of traveling Southeast Asia and then moving to Australia for a working visa. Well, here I am now. I made it happen. Um, and I'm currently yeah, in Melbourne, Australia, um, and I'm loving it so yeah. far. Well, I guess that's a lie. When, when I first got here, I struggled. Yeah, um, a little bit. But, what uh, was the struggle, though? Like, yeah. I mean, but, explain, uh, like, what do you mean by struggle? Well, I, I think everyone saw the video of you having your meltdown a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forget about that, but I remember that it's really important in my uh, my journey. Um what happened was, I think just like living in Asia for so long and, and I don't really like just, so when you teach ESL in, in Korea or anywhere you go, you sign a contract before you leave and you have a job and you have an apartment and all these things, yeah. right? And for the most part of my like adult career life, I've been an ESL teacher and a lot of those things have been done for mm-hmm. me. Um, so I haven't really had to take the time to think about how to find an apartment or um, how to find a job again, which was weird. Skill so weird. Skill, um, and in Aust- For sure. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, and in Australia, because they consider us, all of us travelers here on, either you come here on a 417 working holiday visa or a 462. 462, I believe, is just for Americans. Um, and the different classifications just mean that where you have to do farm work and regional work, mm-hmm. but, um, most of us here on these travel visas, um, they just consider us backpackers. You're here to work and to travel and to have a good time and blah, blah, blah. But my mindset coming in was to work really hard for the first year, do a fair bit of traveling in Australia, but like work and save as much as I could to continue to travel yeah. again. Right. Um, but the thing is, is everyone, when I first got here, I felt like everyone was just trying to like, you know, get you in for a day or two and then like move on. Right. There was nothing consistent. And like, I bet you, I applied to like, I don't know, 200 English teaching jobs, like all over the country and never even got a response back. So then I learned, I learned, I learned how like the system works here now. So I realized that like, you know, English teaching in Australia for me is not going to be mm-hmm. a thing. So then I had to kind of dip into something else. Right. So then I, I got my, what's called the white card, which allows you to do construction in Australia. Oh. Um, and then I started doing a lot of labor work. So like my first real labor job was like demolition of bathrooms in a, uh, in a hotel room. And uh, it was fun actually. Like I was nervous and scared. I've never really used a whole lot of power tools or like, whatever yeah, but uh you know shit, able to break toilets the shit you, knock the out shit you post yeah it would fun. be like yeah you, you were like flipping houses 
or whatever it was. Yeah, man. Actually, I, yeah, yeah. So I was one, one, yeah, for about um three weeks or so, I was like dem- demolishing bathrooms, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> Hard work, man. I actually still have like cramps in my hands from those days. Backbreaking shit. Um, yeah, backbreaking, man. You get on a jackhammer. I'm I don't never, know if you've I'm ever been on a jackhammer, <laughs> but like, oh, dude. <laughs> These things weigh like 50 to like 70 kilos and like they have to stand up and like it, I wasn't smashing into the ground like you see the guys in the con- like doing construction yeah. on the road. I was in a, a bathroom maybe like I don't know two meters by three meters wide in a small confined space and I'm on a jackhammer that's like pretty much bigger than me weighs the same amount as me and like having to like shave off tiles or like break concrete and it was it's hard work man you're in there dripping you got you have safety goggles on you can't see because it looks like you're under the water just sweat all inside and what were you um and where was was this happening this was happening in hotel rooms or this was happening just you yeah yeah so there was an ad so i was living in a hostel for like the first month and a half when i got here and um what a lot of employers do is because there's a lot of backpackers who are looking for work um, who are living in hostels? It was essentially it's a working hostel. So people who go there, it, you pay like a weekly rate. I think I was paying like one sixty, one seventy per week, um, and then you have like full kitchen, bathroom, blah blah blah. Yeah. But what a lot of employers do is they'll call the hostel to post up an ad saying, "Hey, need ten laborers to do demolition. You know, twenty five bucks an hour. Oh, call this number." Jeez. Okay. So I called this guy. His name. His name is Dem. His name is Demo yeah. Dave. Um, yeah, I call him Demo Dave because his name is Dave, and I was doing demolition, so that's his name in my phone. Hey, Demo Nash. Dave. Um, yeah. So um, just gave him a ring. He said, "Hey, buddy, you're in." Went there, did a good job. Called me back. Called me back. But eventually, you know, you find other work as you meet people, and they give you uh, the hookups now, you know, like I could give people hookups here in Melbourne because I know a few employers who are hiring and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, so are you, so you're not doing that anymore though? Are you still are? No, 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 no. So it's crazy. Right. So like I was saying in Australia, like you can apply to all these jobs and no one will call you. So I was just applying, applying the best way I think for people to find work here is just through word of mouth. Don't actually, unless you want like a desk job or like something serious, which not a lot of backpackers do. Um, you basically go on Gumtree, which is like, um, I don't really know. It's kind of like their their Facebook, essentially. Gum- or like, what, what's that thing? Uh, Kijiji. Yeah, oh, Kijiji. Kijiji here, yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah. or like Craigslist. I don't think anyone uses fucking Craigslist anymore. But like, like a job, like a no, job no. posting board sort of thing. It's jobs, but it's, you can buy and sell things. You can list things for free. There's events That's on Kijiji. there. Sure. It's, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like Kijiji, yeah. But they, they use it for everything. So um, I posted an ad on there because basically just saying, hey, I'm a 28-year-old male from Canada with my white card. I have full protective gear um, looking for work. Um, and then people start to hit you up. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then so that's actually so how I got the job that I'm currently working for. I've been working with these guys now for about two months yeah. maybe. And that's how I got that job. And it's funny because like, I went to school for sociology. I've worked labor jobs in my past. Like I worked for Coca-Cola and like, you know, shit yeah. like that. But um, I haven't worked any labor work in like the last five years, essentially. And um, 
you get into this demolition and your body has to get used to it again. And then the job that I currently work for, or I just finished yesterday, uh, was a cleaning contract at um, Victoria Racecourse. Okay. Which is the biggest race course in, in Melbourne, maybe in Australia. Is that I don't that know. Photo? Um, but it's they have the cleaning. That's contract. that photo you posted. Mm-hmm. It said this is the last view or something like that. It had yeah, man. It's oh, dude. And I never thought I'd say this, but I actually enjoy cleaning. And like, I've had to clean some pretty gross yeah. stuff. I've cleaned toilets and and like post post construction takedowns and things like that. And you see some gross sure. stuff. And in Australia, you see spiders. Oh, dude, there's probably so much um, shit that can kill you while you're doing that kind of stuff. In terms of like the wildlife, no. It, in Melbourne, no. Okay. But in the rest of Australia, yeah. yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, in Melbourne, no. Melbourne's Melbourne's like Melbourne's like Toronto, yeah, man. Yeah, it's like, like urban center, so I doubt too much shit gets in, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've seen the. the scariest spider i've seen is a huntsman i saw one again yesterday but they're they're harmless essentially yeah but they're they're huge man they're, they're huge. the ones they're the ones that hide in the ground right and then pop out when something walks by no 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 they, they no no though they, these ones here i don't know what those ones are called i don't want to see that whatever yeah, that don't one is th- yeah yeah don't do that oh huntsmen's are, huntsmen's are the that. ones that that eat birds right they probably could eat a bird yeah oh shit they're big enough yeah yeah man that's a big... I don't really do research on these things. I try to stay away. Yeah, no, yeah. Fucking run. Run, dude. <laughs> you yeah, if I could set them on fire, dude, I would. When, yeah, when you explaining what you do, this is like exactly what Max does out, out in, uh, in Whistler. But he tells me that everyone from Australia comes to Whistler and it's like a rite of passage. You know how yeah. people here go like backpacking in Europe and it's rite of passage yeah. after school. You do it for a year or two, whatever, then you come home. Like these kids from Australia do the same thing, except they work in Whistler. And he says that yeah. every winter there's a there's like a surplus of of shit. Like people will sell their cars for dirt cheap. People will sell their gear for dirt cheap because yeah. they'll come in and they'll work at the hostels and then they'll just fly back home at the end of ski season because they come and they they go to the yeah. mountain and then after they're done there, they'll yeah. just fucking head on back to Australia. Which is kind of funny because you're just doing the Canadian version of that. That's 100 percent it, man. It's it's funny you say that. If I can cut off like the last four years of my life and just say I just from I moved from Canada to Australia, it's the exact same thing. A lot of Aussies go to, um, yeah, Whistler to work on yeah. the mountains during essentially what is Australian summer. Because honestly, man, it gets so hot here; it's almost unbearable. Like yesterday was 38 degrees. The day before was 34. This is just in Melbourne. My friend's in Perth right now. He, he's working in yeah. a mine. It was 42 degrees Celsius, and he has to wear full gear plus a respirator. So, like, it? he's – Yeah. yeah. It's hot. So, he's what? He, what? You said full gear plus respirator plus being underground. Yeah, like, it's hot, man. Dude, it's hot. It's what's really hot. the uh, – so, if you're doing the manual labor jobs, are you not allowed to do, like, office work? I can do whatever I want. It's just they're less willing to hire you because you're only here for a certain amount. So this visa, yeah. right? It it has um there's a restriction to it until they just changed it, but there's a restriction to it that says you're only allowed to work for the same employer for six months in your visa time in your oh. one year. So they're taking a big financial in risk and investment hiring you to do 
let's say clerical work or, or desk yeah. work and train you to learn these things. And then knowing in six months, out of there. you can't do it anymore. Not because not, not a lot of employers want to spot, unless you're a super skilled yeah. worker and that's pretty much in the trades. If you're a carpenter or an electrician or a yep. player, they're, they're not going to sponsor you. So if you're just doing general labor like I am, you're not going to get a sponsor like a PR sponsorship yeah. visa. So, so you're you're essentially useless to them in that sense, other than short-term economics. You yeah, know? and I guess that's why probably a lot of like, do you meet a lot of North Americans that are there doing the same kind of labor shit? Yeah, man. For, so, pretty much everyone from everywhere is yeah. here. Mostly, most type of people I've. I've People say they meet tons of Canadians. I've met maybe three or four. In your whole, well, you and, and maybe that's a, a year, right? In Australia, I've been here now for four months, but I've only met about four, four or five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. People say they meet Canadians and they love them, which is great. We have a great yeah. reputation. Go Canada, super go. Friendly. Um, but no, the most people here on these visas are like the French, ton of French people, tons of Germans, tons of um, Colombians and Chileans. Oh. Lots, yeah, South America in general, man. There's so many. I've had literally my roommate. I just moved out now a week ago, wow, of my yeah. apartment. And um, my roommate was Chile, and I met him at the hostel. He was a great dude. And it's crazy. He was a dentist. Get this, man. I didn't know this till like a few weeks ago. He was a dentist in Chile. Mm -hmm. He was making like 250 bucks an hour. Oh, fuck. And he came Why? here. To, be a, to yeah. be a dentist or just to travel around? So I... No, bro. He does labor. He makes 30 bucks an hour doing labor. Wow. So I, uh, oh, are you yeah, still yeah, there? Yeah. He makes 30 bucks an hour doing labor. And it was funny. So like on Saturdays, if you do labor, usually you get like an extra $5 an hour yep. or whatever. And uh, on Sundays it's like double time. It's supposed to be. So he messaged me one day and said, Hey man, you want to work tomorrow with this guy? He goes, it's, um, it's 40 bucks an hour on Saturday and Sunday it can be 80. And I said, and this is like, I was kind of like moving out of my apartment at the time. I said, I'd love to man, but I just got too much yeah. going on. And I said, I'd love to man, 80 bucks an hour. You're like a doctor. And he goes, I am a doctor. <laughs> Why did he fucking leave? Why did he leave then? Or he just wanted to do something else? Yeah. That's the thing, man. The same reason why everyone just, yeah. essentially leaves. Yeah, I get he said, he, you know, he's been doing it for six years. He said, the money's good, sure, but I want to travel. I want to practice my English. I want to meet new people. I want to, you know. So, um, yeah, so, like, that was um, – I, I, I know he's a great guy. This guy's, like, actually, like, one of my brothers. Click in, he would click into, to like, our group at home, like, real well, man. Such a solid oh, dude. Oh, right on. That's all right. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's actually two people I've met here that, that I feel that way about. That fit. Um, That's good. That's good. Yeah, like – they feel like they feel like my brothers, man. Yeah. Like or like like you or Carl or like Dino, you know. Like they're just like my boys. Like from like day one, you could just tell. Yeah, yeah. Kind of um, to have, especially to have that over there too, man. That's like, yeah, foreign land, sort of. I guess not really. I mean, Australia. no, man. This is so America, yeah. Australia. If if I could rename Australia, I would name it America well, that, because that's what I wanted to ask you because I figure like you came from yeah. what Southeast Asia, which is completely not North America. Like, I'm sure there's some American yeah. aspects, but then you go to Australia, which is pretty much yeah. just Canada Junior, I assume, right? Yeah. What's, yeah. what's it like being, what's it like being in a, in a big center like that, knowing you're in a different part of the world, but it's still so North American? 
Yeah, um, that's a great question. And the answer is Melbourne is, is a city, man. It's, it's like Toronto, right? Like yeah. it has everything, everything I could ever think of or ever want in a city. Um, and, and like super multicultural, yeah. amazing foods everywhere you go. Yeah. Uh, the, just the kindest, friendliest people. Um, but sometimes, man, I don't even know where I am because like if I go to the city center, yeah, it's no one in there is Australia. The same way if you went to the city center in like Toronto, everyone's from everywhere else, right? You got like little Chinatown and little India and little, you know, oh, so like really? you just assume, yeah. So like I could be in Canada or I could be in New York or I could be in LA, you know what I mean? Like. It does, I tend to forget at times, especially when I'm in the city center where I am, because I don't really see Australians. Like even for the most part, the people I work with, yeah, I work with one or two Australians. Everyone else is from like Colombia or New Zealand, you know? Shit, that's, that's, in, that's crazy that it's still so like, yeah, I, I tend to forget that I'm living in Australia. Now this is Melbourne specific, right? Yeah. So... Have you been anywhere else that's a little different or is it all? No, no, I've just been. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, so my plan was, so like early in the year when I, so when I first got here in July, my plan was to stay here for about three months or so and then move on. Right. But the thing with Melbourne is such an amazing city that you get stuck, not even get stuck. It's just so nice. You end up staying here. Then I went to like WWE. So then I didn't want to leave before that. Then Gary V came. I didn't want to leave before that. Yeah. Then Eminem is coming in February. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to stay till February now. Yeah. Um, so now that's not really happening. It kind of is, but it's not. Um, so like, yeah, you just kind of get stuck. And But it's such an amazing city. There's so much to do. And the area I was living in, St. Kilda. Um, oh, man. such, such It's like right on. I literally lived on the beach, man. And like. <laughs> Yeah, it's just seen, the best times ever. I've seen some of your shit, and everything is sound. Looks like it's like good, wet, like nice weather, nice people. Yeah, decent job. What's um? So like, what's next? I love my job. Don't get me wrong, dude. I love, I love cleaning, man. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Really? But now, so actually, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it, man. I actually, so like, so the company as a whole that I work for, yeah, they're an event management company. Oh, um, okay. and the work that I'm actually going to do, I'm supposed to leave tomorrow is event management, event setup and all that. So it's actually, actually no cleaning for like the next month, okay. but they have a subcontract at the Victoria race course, which is specifically cleaning, which is what I was doing there. And I honestly, man, I'm going to miss it. I love it so much. It's, it's kind of weird, dude. You know, like I kind of, I told you, and I've, I've kind of said this to a lot of people, like I came to Australia to learn new things and you know, try new things and learn new skills. And while I was traveling the past six months prior to coming here, when I got here, I was like, man, I didn't learn anything. Like, fair enough. I did. Yeah, I did. But nothing like practical. Right. And like, now I actually have like practical skills that I can take with me. Yeah. Moving forward in my life, you know, like, and like, uh, I was able to like manage the, you know, that my company put me as like a, a supervisor or a team leader position at um, one of these events that we did. Yep. And like, I was able to manage my own team of 12 people um, and keep clients happy and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, when I was done that and I was working like 14, 16 hour days, I was done that. And I was just excited to go back the next day and to clean, man, like literally cleaning, vacuuming, sweeping, mopping, squeegeeing, 
toilets, everything, man, like vomit, all these kinds of things, finding drugs in the toilets and like, just oh, like, shit. it was a lot of fun, man. It was so much fun. Drugs in the toilets. What was the craziest thing you found? Well, the craziest thing I found. Okay. So there's three things that happened during this event. Okay. So, so pre pre event, I found a big old dump on top of the toilet seat. <laughs> Someone didn't even bother to flip the seat up. <laughs> no, like no, no, not even like like the lid. You know, so there's like the bowl that you sit on. Yeah. And so the, the it's like the piece that you lift up to take a pee, yeah, right? And you put it down after. Yeah. Some shit. You know the one that goes. No, 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 no. The one that goes on top of that that completely closes it, so nothing can go in or out. Uh, I'm yeah, like the 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 lid, like the you can't see the not, lid, not the shit, not the one where you poop in, not the lid no, that the proper the, lid, right? The lid that closes the entire toilet. Yeah, yeah. someone, 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 someone did a poop on there, Somebody and um, boom on that, the lid. that was like my rite of passage. I had to uh, clean that. Damn, man. Yeah, yeah. So Oops. that was uh, that was the pre-race. Yeah. That was what. That's how I kind of my uh, rite of passage. Which was awesome. Sure. I almost vomited. Thank you for that. Hey, it's all good, man. Um, and then during the races, um, usually the, the first day, the Saturday, is like the biggest day. There's about 110,000 people that show up. And Wait, a lot of what? these people. 110,000 people show up to these races? This is just, it's like a special week. It's a national holiday for them. So I thought this was something like Woodbine, like the, just the racetrack. No, no. Oh, this is no, no, something legit. It's a huge event. Oh. It's four days. It's four days long. Oh, so it's a legitimate event. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. 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 Holy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah big. Like, and you got to think big. Man, the prize money for this event for the winning horse was six million dollars. So, it's legit. It's full on. The horse sees none of. Yeah. You no, know, some of the horses die. Actually, it's actually there's a lot of protesters for like horses' rights. Yeah, that's fucked. But so, is what it is. Um, it is what it is. But yeah, man, a lot of what what we like to hear in Australia are called nose beers. I'll let you figure out what that means. Yeah, yeah, everyone um, everyone knows what a nose beer is, I think. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of that was happening in uh, during the events. And then actually, one of my workers, my coworkers, yeah, he found two two men in the in the in the toilet, um, making love. Getting her going. Oh no, dude, this yep. racetrack sounds like in. <laughs> debauchery yeah. over there it's just a good time yeah man there's a lot of fun they had people had a lot of fun that's good a lot of fun yeah that's an experience i bet yeah it was it was man and like I, that's what i said like i absolutely loved it and now like this company that i work for they're gonna take me to do like music festivals now hopefully all across australia with them and um yeah just just learn 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 the the trade of event management and you know, kind of like leading teams and, and yeah. just putting out fires essentially, you know? Yeah. Um, did you think you were ever going to do something like that though? Like, come No, from, man, absolutely not. Like coming from Thailand, coming from where you were, right? It's almost like what a, what a, what you were doing for the last five years, right? Yeah. And honestly, man, like, I don't, I, I wish I would have somehow found this sooner. The thing is, in Toronto, yeah, you guys have it, but like in Canada, we only have like festivals, like, and I mean like big festivals, you know, where you can like learn these kinds of things, especially in the Sioux, right? Mm -hmm. But um, in, in Toronto, I know these things exist and people work for event management and blah, blah, blah. I wish I would have found it sooner because I really, really enjoy it. Like festivals, um, you're, you're talking like music festivals, like you're talking bell yeah, man. stuff, right? Yeah. 
Yep, 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 things like that. I wish I would have found it sooner so that I could have uh, started into it beforehand, you know. But yeah. again, everything happens for a reason. And I've learned valuable skills in my time overseas. And But this has been the coolest thing I've done so far, I think. And, and I've only done cleaning. So yeah, I'm it's really, really excited too. It's really only up from that point. Anyway, if you, if you start at cleaning and then the next one is now your maybe – like where, where can you go from there? Like you're at the, I don't want to say the bottom, but you're doing, you're doing the cleaning now. Where can you go from? Yeah. There? Well, my understanding of the, my, my tasks for this next event that we're doing is my, well, I'll have no cleaning, but it'll be more of like operations and like setting up the marquees and like uh, plumbing, electrical, all these things. I won't have to do that kind of stuff, but like helping develop the basis for all of those things, you know? Yeah, dude, essentially can, that's applicable, especially to Toronto. If you ever end up here, man, like, and, and you've been, yeah, you've experienced putting on any kind of festival, yeah, all that goes on around, yeah, here, fucking summers, anyway. Some yeah, biggest, yeah, and that's actually, so uh, what were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say, some, what of the biggest, say? some of the biggest ones in like North America end up in Toronto. I know Vel, I mean, I don't, I'm not a big event guy at all, but I know Veld is, Veld shuts down a part of the city, they have it at fucking Downsview which is like yeah. up near York and that area of town is just jammed because I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. think yeah. through the three days, something like, I don't know, I bet you 200,000 kids go through those. Yeah. That, that easy. Yeah. Easy. It's insane, man. So that's yeah, the man. Kind of stuff you're doing. I, uh, yeah, that's the kind of stuff I'm doing. Exactly. You know, what's funny is that I always asked, said to myself, like over these years is like, if I move home, it'd be Toronto, but I don't know if I could live in North America. I don't know if I can, because I've just become so accustomed to Asia. But now that I know I can live here in Melbourne and do these kinds of things, man, easily I can move back home to a big city and, and continue what I'm doing. Oh, 100%. So, Dude, a thousand. Yeah, I've really, yeah, I've, I've felt really good about that. It's you know, just, it's a reassuring feeling. It's just applicable skills now. So now what you've gained there is you've gained <sighs> event management, right? So when you come here, dude, event management here, it's not, it's not just, and I feel like it's probably the same over there, but when you say event management, yeah. that it's such an umbrella of shit that you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. There's so much going on. There's so much, man. Like even, dude, there's people that are hired to sort of facilitate parties at bars around here. Right? Yeah, I know. And that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's event management in itself, right? That's a form of, it's yeah. smaller than a, than a fucking music festival, but. Dude, that's a fucking skill that you can throw on the resume and say, no, nah, I was in Australia yeah. putting this shit on. I'm sure I can do it in North America. Yeah, exactly. Why? You're thinking, you're yeah, thinking yeah, exactly. before you found this that you don't think you could have moved back and had a, like, did it. I didn't know if I wanted to, man, to be honest with you. I didn't know if I wanted to. Life in Asia, especially, I say Asia, but what I mean is Korea, is so good, man. Or, but now I just, I just didn't know anymore. Like, I feel like the growth, the growth period that I've had between 23 and 28. Yeah has been so significant because I've been overseas and I don't know, again, I have nothing to compare it to. I have no, no, but, um, I just know that I've had so much growth in the last five years and even more in the last four months, um, five months, uh, that, that now I know that like, I was just kind of not, I was preaching one thing, like, go do this, go do this, go do this. But then in the same sense, in the same breath, I'm thinking like, no, nah, I'm never going to do that. So why am I telling people this, you know? Yeah. So, well, uh, I but think, now I know I could. Yeah, man. Like that's, you know, learning event management. There's so much to it. Right. Yeah. And then that's crazy. To, that's crazy though, that you didn't think that 
before this that you weren't going to be yeah. able to move back and be able yeah. to make a living or or do anything. Which is kind of yeah. Weird. It was just a mindset, man. It was just because yeah. just because like everything in Korea was given to me, man. It's funny how it's like that, but like I had a free apartment. I ate free lunch. Sometimes I get free dinner. Like my bills, I had pretty much no bills. Like it was basically like living at home, but living on your own. Yeah. You know? So like that was something I didn't want to give up, but now I know I could easily maintain and manage a lifestyle that I choose um, and, and live anywhere, I guess, you know? Yeah. So what is this like a return of Karchidi to North America soon? What do we, what do we no. see in here? <laughs> no. no, my, no. well, no, but my plan is, so if you want to know my thing, so my short term, I don't want to call it, I'll call it an outline Okay. is, is to get a second year visa sponsored by the government here. So I'll have to do my farm work days, my 88 days on a farm. Yeah. And then, um, in, my visa, my first visa will expire here July 26, 2019. Okay. Uh, once that visa expires, I will go to London, England, to visit my friend Lois for her wedding. Because my visa expires, I'll have no work. Um, so I'll go visit her for her wedding and enjoy a little bit of Europe. I have some, a good friend from Norway now. He should be home. I'll go visit him and a few good friends in France and, you know, all over Europe. But I'll see where I'm at financially. Yeah. Um, and then depending on what again where I am and what work is like um, I might go travel for two or three months in South America or Africa I don't know yet depending on um, where my friends are going to be in the world at that time yeah um, and then the plan is to come back to Australia and do another year here strictly working again with this hopefully again with this company that I'm with um, strictly working with them and, and, and making big bank because there's a, man, there's so much money to be made here in Australia doing like even labor or cleaning men. The job that I'm, I'm at right now, I get 23, 66 per hour on event days. I make 25 yeah. They pay into what's called a super, which is like my pension. Yeah. But like if I really wanted to, and like was super money hungry, I could just go into labor or like go do like, I just did my forklift license. And now, like, if I want to drive forklift somewhere, I can get 35 bucks an hour probably. And that's anywhere? Anywhere in Australia. Oh, okay. Not on Earth. Just Australia. No, no, no. Australia, man. Like, the money here is insane. Some people make – like, my friend in the mines right now – and, again, this is anywhere if you work in the mines. But he's making $3,000 a week. Jesus, fuck. So, working, working in the mines. That's yeah, tough. and, like – that's tough. And like I'm roughly making That's you know, tough labor though. Yeah, he, he works hard, that's a thing. And you need a lot of tickets. It's expensive to get into. Yeah. But like for example, right now, I'll ballpark with this with if I worked like forty five to sixty hours a week, let's say, I can I can make almost six grand a month here. And like it's like uh, you can't and this is cleaning, bro. Just cleaning, strictly yeah. cleaning. Yeah. I don't know if you can kind of make that kind of money in Canada doing doing the type of work that I'm doing because minimum wage here is so high so higher wages have to be higher to to compete you know I mean working construction anywhere is good that's yeah. that's good bank anywhere um as the far difference as is is that they give me a chance here where in Canada I don't have a chance until I go to school for that kind of stuff you know what for construction anything like that yeah well not really construction is usually the thing everyone gets into if they if they don't have the post secondary kind of stuff like they'll get into it if they have a two year ticket or something, but
but I'm, yeah, but you need a ticket. That's what I'm saying. You need a ticket here. You don't need a ticket here. They just, they have so much work going on here that they just need workers. So like they'll hire a laborer at 25 bucks an hour. Yeah. You, know? you can't, you can't do that here though. You can do that here without. Not, not for that kind of money. No way. It's not, no way. Ah, okay. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, okay. dude, guys get hired in the plant at a good job at 30 an hour. That's a good job. 30 an hour here is like, yeah, it's good. 30, so 30 an hour, 30 an hour there is standard, you're saying? Not standard, but like it's, it's good. It's yeah. not great. It's yeah. good. It's good. That's all. Jesus. Or like, why, you know. Why though? Like why you get, why you is get, it like that over there? There's so much infrastructure, man. There's so much immigration happening here right now that the, they just need, they need workers. The contracts are so big. But the thing that's going to happen is Australia is going to hit a, and the whole world's going to go into a global recession in the next, you know, who knows when. But soon, yeah. and by soon could be the next 10 to 15 years, Australia is going to get hit pretty hard. And the wages are going to have to not lower. They can't drop. But, like, you'll see a lot of things slow down here, I think. Yeah, nothing will ever grind to a halt. It'll just it'll do what the Sioux do. No, it'll slow down. Jeez, man. That sounds like it's yeah. booming. So the money the money's just too good here. Yeah, yeah. Especially in Melbourne, summer, dude. They have, like, the Australian Open, the Grand Prix, or I don't know, the Australia. I don't know, some sort of. So what's a Formula F one fifty things like that? Like there's just something always going on here in Melbourne, man. The city's never sleeping. It's always going on. Yeah, that's nutty over there. I didn't know. I didn't know it was that lucrative over there for sure. So then, why do fucking people oh, come, come to North America then from there? If that's the case, why do people come from Australia? The same reason I came here, or the same reason I went to South Asia, man. People just want to try new things and, and yeah. work in new places, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what. And like, yeah. so a lot, a lot of immigrants too. So we're very fortunate as Canadians because I, I don't think there's a limit on how many visas they can hand out. But like, I know in Chile, there's like three hundred a year, or something like that, or three thousand a year that can be distributed. So there's, there's a limit. Yeah, they can only hand out so many work visas per year, and that's why it's. It, yeah. Oh, I just yeah. I thought that's the thing. I thought if you apply and you want to work, you can get in. Like it's not a big deal. But. No, man. There's a limit. There's a limit to it per year. And in Australia, there's nothing. No, Australia. The, sorry. Yeah, Australia. There is, but same with Canada. There's a limit. Every country will have a limit. They can't just have all these immigrants coming in all the time just to work, right? Yeah. No, that's yeah, that's true. Because they're coming in legally, right? If they are coming in illegally, then sure, come as many as you want, and you know you could pay under the table and whatever. Yeah. But like, if you're coming in legally and you need to sign and pay taxes, then there has to be a, a restriction. Is there a lot of like illegal immigration there? I would say yes, but no, because Australia is pretty far away from everyone, man. So like, the only way to get in is either flying or by boat, and it's a long boat ride. <laughs> to get rejected so that is a long ass fucking it's a long flight too man fuck that flight yeah was yeah six, yeah 16 hours in the air or something yeah it depends where you're coming from europe's actually further away than than north america but there's a better hub like uh you can fly to dubai from melbourne or sydney um and then fly direct to anywhere in europe for probably cheaper than where you can fly the only hub i think here is you'd have to fly to either uh, like China or Vancouver, I believe, and then go from there. You probably get a direct flight from Melbourne to Vancouver, I think. But yeah, funny you say that it's a long flight, right? So like when I was living in, in Korea, a lot of people, and I understand why they're like, no, I don't really want to visit you there. Asia's not my thing. Korea's not my thing. And then I say like, Hey, I'm going to Australia. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come visit you. Yeah. Okay. And then like, 
Yeah, no. And then, They're like, oh, wait, 30 hours of flight? Never mind. I'm yeah, not coming. I'm like, that's yeah, fucking crazy. You're not fooling anyone. I get squirrely on, a, on the four-hour flight to Dominican that I have to go to every year for work. And then fucking that Man. thing, that's an ambient flight. You know that. That's, that's a handful of ambient and seeing what happens. Dude, four hours. It, 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 I won't go on a flight now unless it's over 10. You said you won't tell the pilot to do a lap. I won't now, man. <laughs> Yo, do, it's not worth it. Do a lap. <laughs> what do you mean you won't go on we'll a, do another a lap longer than four? No, I'm just I'm just joking, man. It's just it's just that I'm so used to the you know fourteen hour flights or ten hour flights or twelve hour flights back to home that it's fuck. That's so you know fuck. when you take a, when you take a flight that's less, you're like we're here. Being in an airplane, you know? man, for that long for that long freaks me out. For being yeah. in the air. Yeah, it is. <sighs> Because I compare them to like, remember hockey tournaments going on the bus, and like the bus yeah. is the bus. If something goes wrong, you just pull over to the side of the road, right? Then you know, I don't know where it happened, but somewhere along the line, I started thinking about flights and thinking about the concept of being thirty. You're in a seat thirty thousand feet in the fucking air. And the safest place you can be. And, and you know what? All logic is like, yeah, it, it is technically the safest place you can be for sure. But at the same time. The thoughts get the thoughts get a thinking, and you're like, "Shit, dude, this is." I don't know, man. That's that's a fucking intense flight, and you you do that flight like twice a year to come back, don't you? Yeah, w- once for sure. Yeah. This year I'm not coming home. I don't know if I told anyone that yet, but I'm not coming home this year. I think you told me uh, not for Christmas though, right? Yeah, definitely not. Well, I was home in July for my cousin's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So you know that that. Is that when you were here? That was a nice you came mid-year here. break. You were, yeah. yeah, you were here for a bit. Yeah. And then, yeah, just, I, you know, now for, I don't really want to pass up on this work opportunity. And it's just too expensive. And it's a long flight and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, so this Christmas I will not be home. Damn. My next journey home might be maybe after the end of this visa and next July again. We'll yeah. see. We'll see where I go. That's shitty, dude. I have like two and a half weeks at home this year. I was hoping. I knew you weren't coming, though. Yeah. Kind of figured. You. Yeah. 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 This year can't happen. And I, I've never had a hot summer, man. It's December 6th or something like that here. Yeah. And like it was 38 degrees Celsius yesterday. That's crazy. And it's, well, it's summer, too. What's like. And you know what's weird, eh, dude? There's Christmas trees and like Santas and yeah. rain, like little reindeer, like thing. It's like, this isn't. What? What? What's going on here? Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's so weird. To, but... think about, to think about the flip, it's 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 their summer. So they've always people who've lived in Australia, Christmas is always in the summer for them. Yeah, that's they know Santa in shorts. That's that, it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that's insane, and and obviously it doesn't snow yeah. anywhere in the country, right? Uh no, it does. That's a lie. So Australia does have all four seasons, even in the state of Victoria, which is where I'm living. Um, in the north of Victoria, there's snow. Even in the north of Melbourne. There's snow, not a lot, but in their winter, there'll be snow. It can get to the coldest I felt here in their winter. Cause when I arrived, it was winter. It was about uh, zero was the coldest I felt in the city. Yeah. But if you go to a little more Northern parts in the state, not in the country, yeah. um, you can get to the minuses for sure. Up in the mountains, minuses for sure. I, I was going to say, is, is Australia mountainous? Uh, again, I haven't seen them, but yeah, there are some. Yeah. What's the co- yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what's the overall temperature of the country? Like, is it political? Is it like Canada where it's sort of just, you know, go about your business? Is it like the States where it's fucking... Dude, these guys are so chill. I was going to say, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Honestly, 
so like if I could if I could compare them to to another country, it'd be like, and I people would agree with this. I think is that Australians are like the Southern Canadians. Like uh-huh. we both have around thirty million people, roughly. I think they have about twenty six. We have about thirty, yeah. roughly. Um, both live in fairly big countries. Mm-hmm. Australia is a massive country as well as Canada. Yeah. Um, everyone in Canada lives along the U.S. border yeah. and Canada border. Everyone here lives along the coast. Yeah. Um, and there's there's lots of like Australia has like one of the biggest deserts in the world in Central Australia. Canada has some of the biggest deserted. Uh, cold climates in the world as well in the north right right so like um also like huge uh indigenous populations um in central australia as well as we have it in the north of canada right actually all over canada okay um yeah so like very very similar the only thing is i'd say the only difference is australians are like a hundred thousand times more chilled and relaxed in every aspect of life really yeah man so i'll give you the best example when i arrived here yeah this is the best example and this is this is literally australia in a nutshell in my mind i got here i applied like i said for like 200 jobs right right that was in like august you know end of july early august mid-august i want to say what is this december mid-november i get a phone call random number one day hey hello Hey, Anthony, um, this is, uh, I forgot what company, so-and-so calling. We got your resume back here in August. We're wondering if you're still looking for work. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of moved on from that now, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's how, that's basically how the whole of Australia is just, just like, just yeah, we'll get to you when we get to you. We'll take our time. Yeah, we'll figure it out. They're on, the, they're on, Itali- yeah, they're on Italian part. time, man. They're on Nona time. Yeah, slow motion, man. Slow motion. Slow motion. That's fucking crazy, but uh, that's. I mean, it's good. It's yeah. good to hear that you're having. I I thought to be per. This is why like it's cool having this podcast because I haven't talked to you in a while. But I thought you were still doing demo. I thought you were still ripping no, stuff up. No, 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 no. I've been doing literally. I so like I'll tell you all the jobs that I've had here. Okay, in the last what is it? So July, August, September, October, November, December. Actually, I think it's only been five months. In the last five months, I've done furniture moving with this guy named Andrew. Okay. Who's paying me cash? Okay. So it was kind of sketchy, but <laughs> I did it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I did this demolition job with this demo Dave, which was also cash, which was kind of sketchy. Yeah. Um, I worked for this one guy named Laz, and I'm gonna say his name out loud because if anyone knows him, he owes me like thirty five hundred bucks. Oh, so Laz, if anyone wants son to... of a bitch. Yeah. Um, so basically, this is. This is uh, this is that story. Well, let me finish all the work I've done. So him, and then yeah, then I've worked for this um, clean event management cleaning company. Yeah. Um, I've also done work for like uh, this elderly couple, just like doing like um, digging holes and like just like um, what's called landscaping for them. Yeah. Um, in their home, they just kind of pay me cash as well. Uh, who else did I work for? Oh man, the worst job I had here, like absolute worst. I lasted one day was uh, fundraising. Oh, fundraising is the worst, man. Well, ex- anyone who does fundraising, it depends on what their cause is. I don't know, but like, yeah, I think scum fundraisers are like scumbags. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I've been been to a couple of those. What do you mean though? Like, you get to put on the fundraiser? You had you were just no, no, no. Fundraising, as in like, um, you stand on the side of the road and you stop people. Excuse me, can I have two seconds of your time? Oh, Did you know? Fun- and then you try to suck money out of them, yeah. and then it's like a long term commitment. 
now I say no I'm sure there are nice people who do it sure. but honestly man most of it from my understanding is strictly profit driven yeah so like I didn't feel comfortable doing that I lasted one day and I then I got really bad anxiety trying to like talk to people and that's kind of like when I went through that breakdown right I, yeah. was, I was working that job and I just didn't feel right doing it it is sort of sleep so I mean you never know that you never know the true cause that's the thing right you don't know what mm-hmm. like you know, hey, can I get a minute of your time? It's like, well, are you trying to, is this a fucking ripoff? Is this something that I care about? Yeah. So it is actually. And the thing is with a lot of these companies is that it's called um, assertive or assumptive sales. So like you assume for the other person to agree with you already. So don't you agree, Mike? Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phrases like that. And so like next time anyone, anyone who's listening or even you, whoever, next time someone stops you, listen to their language. Even though you know you're not going to donate, listen to their language, and they they will assume things for you and only give you yes questions. Oh, you know. Okay, what do you, you give can me? Only answer yes to. Like, give me an example. So, for example, yeah, Mike, Mike, don't you think that, don't you think that um, the starvation of children in Africa is a bad thing? I do. I, like, if you say, yeah. if you say no. Then, you then like you're a dickhead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus. So don't you think? Like, don't you think you could sacrifice a dollar a day? You know. Yeah. You know, like, what, what do you do with a dollar a day? You spend four dollars on coffee. You could definitely donate a dollar a day, yeah. and then and then it gets you in this mindset, like, oh yeah, yeah, actually I could. You know. So it's it's, it's called the sum of sales tactics, and it works. And I've seen I've seen it work, man. Like, wow, it works. Yeah. So, I mean. I mean, all sales, all sales is a little greasy at the end of the day, right? Everything, everything you yeah. kind of get hawked at. Someone's trying to hawk you. Some unless, I think unless you truly believe in what you're selling and you have a passion for it and you're doing, actually doing the world good, then, then yeah. But if, if somewhere deep down you kind of know that, ugh, you know? Oh, fuck yeah, man. Dude, yeah. I, I tell that to some of the banker people I work with. Like I, yeah. I let them know, dude, the kind of shit that you guys are doing here is a little, you know, it's off, eh? Oh, well, no, it's yeah. part of the game. It's part of, it's, well, okay, I guess if, if that's what you want it to be, sure, but just, it's greasy. And Yeah, I think people just need to be a good person. Like, if you don't bo- truly believe in what you're doing, and if it's strictly money-driven, then that's not okay, I think. But, no way. again, it's mindset, it's people's perspective, yeah. it's everything. So some people, you have to have empathy towards that. Some people just want to roll with the with the direct sale. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. here for the commission. There's people that I know, well, people in, uh, what's it called? Some buddies that I know, just their lines of work is purely commission. And that, yeah. then you turn into a viper when that happens, when your livelihood is... Exactly. When your livelihood is dependent solely on, you know... You get 30% of your sales. If you don't make anything that day, then fuck you kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, right? So the, the current cell phone provider I'm with, and this is all over the world, but this just happened to me recently. Um, they're kind of – the service isn't great, so I wanted to switch to another company. So I went in and I told them, listen, I'm a backpacker. I don't want to sign a contract. I just want to pay, like, month yeah. by month. Um, and then he pulls up the computer and he shows me this super deal. And I'm like, okay, I'll have that. He goes – Okay, so this is a two-year contract. And I said, listen, man, I came in and I just want to pay month by month because if I need to switch companies because if I do farm work, your company won't cover right. here. He's like, oh. And I'm like, you knew this. Yeah. And then I said, I just want to pay 30 bucks a month for 30 gigs of data and that's all I want. And he goes, oh, okay. 
and then he walks away and then he goes gets a sim card and i said sorry before we make this transaction can i keep my same phone number which the answer is yes yes yeah. i can i know that but i wanted to see what he was saying and he goes mm, i'll have to think about it and then i said i'll have to think about it oh, too goodbye no. and i just oh, walked out yeah. yeah so like you know what i mean instead of making the sale and like probably getting his four percent instead of thirty percent he uh he lost out on all of it so yeah just trying to be is a there a lot of like so when people go to australia there's i mean it feels like everything is only a labor job like what, I, what i've been no what there's labor cleaning okay so the most part i would say yes labor cleaning um what else and then hospitality man if you have uh, a skill like uh, a barista or bartending or working in hotels oh my god the money you, you can you make, just make here, bank man. doing that eh especially in summertime in melbourne dude there's so much going on here yeah i get yeah, yeah. so if you want so can you work in hostels there you can work in hostels there well actually so at one point so but going back i'll go back to this guy right this guy owes me 3500 bucks um at one point i was i was I've never been this broke in my entire life. And this is the first time I'm saying this like publicly. I've said it to some friends here. Um, I was basically eating for 60 cents a day for dinner. So what I would do was um, this guy didn't pay me and he still hasn't paid me. So I've been calling him like the yeah. last, what did he, I don't know, three, four did months. Did he ghost on you? No, he, yes and no. It's a long story for another time, but basically, yeah, he's just not answering me and I know he's yeah. around. He's just ignoring me. Um, but yeah, man, I was so broke that I was, I was basically, and this is actually not even just because I was broke, but like I was working in my hostel for just working for accommodation, cleaning toilets for like yeah. a month just to get free accommodation. Um, and um, I was basically eating like pasta with like red sauce and tuna for like nope. two months yeah. every night and it would cost me like 60 cents for a bag of noodles a dollar for a can of sauce and then like 90 cents for a yeah. thing of tuna and then i would split that up over four or five meals yeah exactly so and the thing is is he's a nice yeah. guy well, well he was like yeah, when i worked for the say, dude he just ripped you off of 3500 he can't yeah. be that nope so, um, so I was trying to like take it easy on him and be like, Hey, listen, man, I'll, I'll be patient. I'll wait for my money, blah, blah, blah. But then the one guy who I worked with, he also owes him about 2,700 bucks. Wow. So then he, uh, he actually got a hold of him and said, he's like, listen, man, you owe us money. Yeah. Pay us. He's like, pay your debts. And then, uh, so then once I found out that he was answering and choosing to ignore me, I've been calling this guy now, like three times I called him yesterday, four text messages. After we're done this party, I'm going to call him back again, leave another text. Yeah. Like. I'm going to have to annoy him now until, until I get my money. And there's this thing here called fair work where you can get an ombudsman to like kind of yeah. help you. Well, you have to process. be careful with the ombudsman, the ombudsman. There's no, they, I know in Canada, cause I've had to do this a couple of times. There's no legal, there's no legal yeah. grounds. All they do is they facilitate. There's mm. no, you know yeah, what I mean? I know like that. there's no, like they can't, they can't yeah. take any legal and, if the guy who's ripping you off no, is smart, he's going to know that this, this fucking ombudsman, whatever they're called, has no power. It's just, it's almost yeah. like a parent going, hey, you know, do the right thing. And if he doesn't want to, unfortunately, yeah, exactly. you didn't sign anything. Like, did you sign something that he can, has to pay you or? No. Uh, no, man. It's all, uh, yeah. So, again, so, like. Based my mindset before, like four days ago, was well, I just lost out on like four grand. It is what it is. 
Um, but then once I found out that he was actually talking to this other guy who I worked with said he's going to pay him, I'm like, okay, no, then yeah. I want my money. Yeah. Totally. So, um, you know, I kind of went through some tough times here without it because, and I struggled a lot because of you. So now I'm going to try get and uh, get yeah, this you money should. out of you. Fuck that, man. Yeah. Dude, I've been fucked. Well, yeah. fuck. I don't know if I've ever told you. I've been ripped off hundreds of times down here doing shit. I believe people, it, man. I believe it, especially the industry you're in, man. People I just dip it. and run, man. I told, I had to get a lawyer involved with the one. Those yeah. fucks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's stupid. And that's the one thing I don't want to do here is because, like, I don't want to take legal action in a, in a foreign country. Yeah. And then, like, and then, you know what I mean? It might cost me. I don't know how much it costs me, but I don't want to pay for it. And then, like, does does it lead to like visa issues in the future? I don't know. Probably not. But still, it's not something I want to risk for the amount of money that it is. Have you talked to mom and dad at all lately, or what? Yeah, yeah I spoke to my parents. Sammy the uh, bull. How's the bull doing? He's good, man. He's uh, actually at an all-time low right now with his Dude. weight loss. Um, right on, man. Yep. Inspiration, man. That guy yeah. is. Uh, he's a legend. Also, I'm gonna. He, uh, and it's weird, man. I've known now, now it's been like the last five years, my dad's been going through this, you know, yeah. weight loss. Um, but I've only ever in my life known him as a yeah. big guy. Um, and now he's not, and he's been, he's not been for like the last five years yeah, roughly, but like he, uh, yeah, just a constant battle for him of like ups and downs of, um, weight loss and maintaining a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. And, but he's making the right choices. Right. It's amazing. Cause like, like, I don't know, your parents are older than mine, but but they're still young, man. Like we're going to live for a long time. And like to, to take proactive actions for your health now, you know, yeah. at 28, like us or at 50 or 60, like them, like it's, it's better to do it now. And your dad's been fit his whole life, yeah, man. But like, it's better to do it now than, than to wait until you have problems in the future and then try to correct them. Well, then, you then, know? then you're playing, then oh. you're playing catch up. At least if you're doing preventive. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah, 100%, man. And that's the most important thing is prevention rather than, than um, you know, trying to fix it, trick, trying to fix the problem later. I've been, dude, hard yoga. The last three months have just been yoga four, Good for you, four man. or five times a week. Maybe a lift. I got my buddy to, to draw me up like a three-day-a-week lifting plan. So I'll lift just because, whatever, yeah. right? You have, to, you have to lift. But the the, the best days are when I, I rip on over and I hit, you know, 5.30 yoga. Or like they'll do power yoga or something. Yeah. Just yeah. like I'm, t dude. Yoga's the best. The best. Yeah. Yeah. I I so same as you. I've been doing I've been doing yoga now off and on for about two years. And like because about two years ago I tore my rotator cuffs, and you know all about that yeah. and your shoulder issues. And like honestly, man. Oh, dude, it helps so much. And like the, the mobility you can have just from doing, and it doesn't have to be yoga, just simple stretches every day just to feel flexibility is youth. Like um, when you were a kid, man, you could like do put it. your legs over your head and like do the splits and like you just did it because you could. Yeah. Like, but as an adult, you, you become more sedentary. You can't do these things. You have to practice every day. And, and stretch every day to feel good. That's why that, uh, that like I saw that video of you doing the, uh, was it the pigeon pose? Was it pigeon yeah, pose? Man. It was, yeah. No, I don't know what that one's called. I have no idea. Then uh, This is where I'm bad. I don't know names of poses. Yeah. I'm really bad for that. But yeah, basically my, like, my leg was through my arms and they were wrapped. Yeah. It, yeah. That, it, that, apparently that is a, uh, that's an advanced pose. 
So when, yeah, it I, is. when I saw that, I was like, fuck, dude, that's damn. The teacher can't even do that shit some days. And then, uh, yeah. and then you're doing, and then we did the pigeon pose, which is basically like, what's it called? you you know, your, your hands are, you're down and you're, yep. they're jammed up against your knees and you're sort of balancing yep. on your hands and stuff like that. Right. And it was just, it's, it's dude, it's, 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 it's calming too. It's fuck, especially someone who yeah. like I, all my job is all in my head, right? Everything I do have, yeah. is in my brain. So to do something like that and then to just calm down at the end of the day and just get, get through this fucking workout. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. I didn't think yoga was going to be that, that, that helpful, but it, it, it's awesome. We're, we're going to see even more, I think in our, in the next five to 10 years, especially with, there's so much being thrown at us every single day, right? In terms of stimuli. And the only way to escape it now is, is mentally. And we see a lot of this with a lot of depression and suicide and in, in a lot of people. And, um, it's, it's all in our minds, right? And it's physical health is important. Yes. But mental health is just as important. And I think that's becoming more and more of a, a discussion and a, and a topic and an issue that we need to continue to bring out into our daily lives. And yoga and meditation are definitely two ways to, uh, to help that for sure, man. Have you, uh, for sure. Have you done or looked up, uh, Sam Harris's, you know, who Sam Harris is right. No, Sam Harris is like, no, nope. what do you want to call him? Sam Harris is like a, uh, I, I guess, you know, a 21st century, a bit of a philosopher, a bit of a scientist. And, um, he's got this thing and, and one of my buddies showed me it's, it's his, it's his app on, on, um, uh, what's it called in the I store or in the, uh, it's called awakening and uh it's ba- okay. it's basically a how to uh meditation so you get the first like 10 classes for free and then you have to pay for the rest yeah. so max started mm-hmm. doing them and then he's like yo mike mike like check this out right just kind of like an end of the day they're only 10 15 minutes long but it's like at the end of yeah, the day yeah, yeah. and dude if you want to check this shit out go to the go to the app store and and type in sam harris awakening and it's just it's nothing intense but it's it's like a nice reset for the end of the day or yeah or, i think that's what it has to be yeah yeah for or for like you know for if you have a, a half an hour to spare and you just want to sit down and meditate because he's huge on meditation he was he was a, he yeah. was at like his undergrad and then he 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 didn't finish he went on you know an acid filled trip in in india for like 10 years and then came back and realized how important meditation is but to do that kind of stuff to t- kind of just slow down the day and to and to hit a reset it, it's it's fucking i'm telling you it's it's it, I don't know. I don't know how you want to describe it. It's like I said, it's a reset. It's just a nice kind of. Yeah, like, man. I, I would totally agree with you. Yeah, man. And I think it comes down to that's. I actually spoke to my cousin recently because he said he saw like I posted that picture of doing yoga, whatever. And, and he's like, hey, do you do meditation as well? And and the answer is, is we all meditate every day. Yeah. It's just like, you know, when you fall into that subconscious state of like, wait, how did I get here? Yeah. Like in the morning, you drive to work. You're like, you're like, um you know, I don't remember getting here or like when you forget things, you just fall into this subconscious state of like, I don't really know what's going on, but it, it happened anyways. Yeah. It's a form of meditation from my understanding. Like a daydream and almost. The hardest thing people, yeah, it's a daydream. And the hardest thing that people don't get with meditation, because I've, I've tried, I've dabbled in it now for like, you know, a year or so. Yeah. Um, and I use an app called 10% happier. And the main thing is, is like, you're not going to get it the first time or the second time or even the hundredth time. 
but you have to keep practicing to try and get up an absence of thought in your mind, right? And just focus on breathing essentially. Yeah. Just, and uh, the blank screen is hard to get to you get there. When you get there, it's hard to get to when you get there. It's, it's, you know, it's like lucid dreaming. I've never, I've never been there. But I keep trying. I try, and I don't try often, but I try. Yeah, you know, when I some days, you know, when your mind just, you just want to try. I try to uh, get to a point where you forget your thinking, or you forget you're listening to a meditation, because it's basically a guided yeah. meditation. And yeah, that's what it is. You need to get to a point where you, you know, you forget you're doing it, and then you're sort of in this like weird, lucid, kind of thing, and then you, and then he starts talking again. You kind of snap out of it and go, "Holy shit! I guess that's what meditation was, right?" I'm not an expert on yeah. it by any sense, but it's just, dude, more people need to fucking start doing that shit. Yeah. Do you, even just a, a simple thing that I like to do sometimes is just focus on your breathing, right? So if you're laying down or sitting down, yeah. if you, and another thing with breathing, man, I just realized this recently, we, we all breathe wrong. You're supposed to breathe with your stomach, with your diaphragm, right? And we all breathe with our, our chest rather than our stomach. So like the main thing is breathing is like into your nose and like really pooch out your belly. Like, yeah. And then when you exhale, you're not exhaling, but you're rather pushing the air out of your stomach by like contracting your abdominals. And by doing that, you bring in more oxygen and like have a, you kind of like clear, I don't know how it works. At least it works for me, but I know that like, when, when doing that, when breathing through your diaphragm into your abdominals, deep, deep, deep inside, you actually get more oxygen too. You can think clear, and it actually helps you um, perform things better, man. It's it's really, really, really crazy. Like one time, I was uh, I was coming home. I was taking the tram home from work, and I was just taking five minutes, and I was just like, hey, you know what? You have five minutes. You're chilling. Just focus on your breathing. And I, I did like deep abdominal breathing for like five minutes, and I got home, and I did – I was like, I had way more energy just from that five minutes of breathing. And then I rocked out like 40 push-ups in a row, which I've never done before. Oh, wow. You know, it was weird. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was really weird because I could never do that on a normal day without actually focusing on my breathing. And it, what I'm pretty sure what it did was it just allowed more oxygen to come into my blood and give me more energy, which allowed me to put, to exert more energy doing a physical task, right? It's like, do, have you ever done hot yoga? Yeah, I've done hot yoga. I'm not. I'm not super soulful. I do yoga on on YouTube, man. I follow Sean Big Fitness. Okay, fair enough. I uh, dude, I encourage a little hot hot yoga. Is another. I'm telling you, man, it's another experience. Only because the heat, the heat gets you sweating. So now you're drenched. Yeah. And now you're a little exhausted. And now your body's stressed out. And then you have to hold these poses. And it's just, a, yeah, yeah. You know, it's another level of like, fuck. I have to really concentrate on my breathing, or I'm gonna pass out, right? But yeah. it's it's like a, I don't know I, I tried to explain it as like it's like a workout in which it, it's like a workout in which you did you know you did heavy shit it's like you did squats or you did deadlifts but you're yeah. you're not feeling the the, the post workout side effects of that but you, your body has that same endorphin release you know what I mean yeah hundred percent so you're sweaty and you're tired and you're exhausted but you didn't you don't really know exactly why. Because when I did it for the first time, it felt like I had just done deadlifts, or felt like I had just exerted myself yeah. that you would in a in a in a big weight workout like a like bench press or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. But then you do hot yoga and proper hot yoga where the room's heated to you know a, a legitimate temperature, and it's just that's another fucking experience that is kind of dope. My membership ran out; I have to renew it. But that's something else that's that's fucking dope is doing uh, yeah, hot. 
we'll see even more, especially in, in big cities like Toronto, Melbourne, oh, for sure. You, we'll see even more yoga meditation studios pop up like every day, man. It's going to come up like coffee shops. People are, people are crazy and people everywhere. are nuts down here, but they need something yeah. to fucking settle down. Mental health, man. Mental health is the number yeah. one concern of our the 20, 2020 world. And um, with more, like I said, more stimuli, more, more technology, more everything, more, 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 more. We need something to take us down and on. Growing and up it. where we did, I, I never understood how people got anxiety, okay? And then, or anxiety or like mm. that feeling of, you know, of, 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 of no control. And then I moved down here and it's not that I got anxiety or not, that I got any of this sort of thing, but I understand now, it, you know, I, I understood yeah three you know a year or two into being here but now like working here full-time you understand man this is this is an environment that goes against human nature and you know you're getting stuffed in boxes you know a lot of people here are unfortunately stuffed in boxes staring at spreadsheets all day and you know mm -hmm. th th those are the ones that get the, the most that need something like that the most right and just being from the fucking student, yeah. man, I never understood it. Then down here, you realize how, how fucked everyone is. You know what I mean? And they're hustling and bustling and running the rats, doing yeah. the rat race. And you're just like, damn, man, fucking take a breath for a minute. Just yeah. Is it like that? Is it like that yeah. in Australia as far as being in a city? Yeah, of course. Especially Melbourne. I would imagine Melbourne is definitely like that. Other big cities, Sydney would probably be like that. Um, uh, I don't, again, I don't know. I can only speak for Melbourne yeah. right now, but yeah, man, it's another big city where it's, it's, it's intense. There's a lot of things going on all the time, but it's also important to know that we choose this too, yeah. right? Like if you don't like it, you Do can get else. out. And yeah, pe people have, you know, financial like debts and things like that, that they can't escape to, but it's a 2020 world, man. Like you could, you, if you don't want it, if you don't like it, leave yeah. it, change your lifestyle. Speaking of that, I we have the I asked Dino this, and Dino sort of, I guess, answered it. But, like, for you, you've lived your 20s a, a lot different than a lot of the people that I know. Especially for, I mean, I, I think me and you took yeah. our 20s, and I think the paths that we both took, they're not wrong. They're just different, right? 100% different, but still yeah. on the same, you know, we're, we're both striving for something, right? How mm -hmm. Has your 20s um, gone the way that you envisioned it or expected it to uh, i remember this actually i remember dino's answer for this yeah. too that's funny i just i just listened to it again last night that's why it's, it's funny you asked this um yes and no man honestly i i really don't have expectations really like okay did i did i expect to be traveling for five years no like when i first left man i was assuming I was dating Lauren at that time. I was assuming I'll just go for one yeah, year and we're come on the back, year right? At that point, yeah. yeah. But then, like, fast forward five years later, here I am, and like, I couldn't imagine not doing right. what I did. Um, and like, like I said, the amount of, and I actually just thought about this this morning as I was waking up for, for whatever reason. I don't know why my mind's going there recently, but like, the amount of growth that I've had here in Australia in the last five months has been the most I've had in the last five years. And the things that I've had in the last five yep. years is the most I've obviously had in my entire yeah. life. Right. Um, prior, prior to like, um, you know, like when I was in university, I definitely learned a lot with Deb Woodman and like throughout my degree, 
but did I expect my twenties to be this way? Absolutely not, man. I would say, but yes, it, but yes and no. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like five years ago was a significantly different time than it is right now. Right. In terms of the, yeah, like so much has changed worldwide in the last five years, even the last year, man. So, um, yes and no, man. I think, I think it's best that I'm really good at, uh, I guess not having expectations because then expectations can lead to, to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? setbacks or yeah. like just not accomplishing what you think you could have where rather like instead of expectations i'll just give myself like a guideline or an outline of what i want to do and then things can change yeah. right because change is inevitable if you give yourself like this like okay by the time i'm 30 i need to do this then like for what why why yeah. 30 what's so special about 30? i think people freaked out too right though. i think yeah i think that 30 gets people a little fucking weirded out but yeah, but it shouldn't is what I'm yeah. trying to say. Like, if it like it's just another number, dude. Like, if you think about this, right? And let's say for the most part, the, he will, we will live to 100 years old, right? There's this magical number 100. We're only 30% done. Yeah, very true. 100. Yeah, very. You know, so like, so like, if you want to take this to like a sports analogy, man, like you're basically only through the first quarter of yeah. a football game. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. You know, or the first period of a hockey game. You know, like it's, it's, it's in right now, right now, let's say, for example, if, if we think of life in in sport, right, you could be losing in the first quarter, 25 to nothing, which is the last 30 years that we just had. But then the next 75 quarters, two, three, and four, you come back and win. Or maybe you lose from like zero to 60, but then you still have another 30 years, like third and fourth quarter to come back and win, you know? (laughs) So yeah, I think people so, get freaked uh, out, and and like especially seeing people getting married now in the twenties. It's just it's it's an interesting question to ask people to say, hey, you know, now that we're at the exit of our twenties, not yet. We still have a year and a half left for me anyway. Like Dino turns thirty, or Dino turns yeah. twenty nine in February. I turn twenty nine in June. Right? Yeah. It's like there's still another yeah. year left, but it's pretty much to the point where you know we're on we're on the way out. And to ask people, yeah, but Mike, do you feel any you know, different? at 28 than you did at well, 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 you know well, what wait, i mean and i bet you wait, right I now finish that question though you said do you feel any different at 28 than you did at earlier 21 18 22 okay, i feel i feel like if this mike okay if the guy who who's here now 28 year old mike if he had gone back if he can go back in time and tell 18 year old mike some shit i think i think a yeah. lot Sure, but you can't live. Yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I'm saying physically, right now, you don't no. feel any. Yeah, you know, you might feel a little more sore in the morning because you didn't stretch the next day. But like, you don't feel oh, any no, different. No. I, feel, you know? I feel just as I did when I in in, in when I was nineteen, twenty. Like it's not. It, you know, I'm still me, right? It's still, it's still me. It's just I yeah. think the the I think the knowledge that I've gained over the last ten years because I I usually like give a ten year window. So from eighteen to twenty eight, we'll say in the last 10 years, mm-hmm. like you said, your growth has been exponential in, in the last, you said in the last five years, you've learned more than you did in the previous 23, right? Sure. And I've learned, I'd say even more in the last five months than I did in the there, last five there years. You go. So. For me, just because the journey has been a little different, this decade has been a lot of unexpected, um, un, 
a lot of unexpected uncovering of what I want the rest of my life to be. So, you yeah, know but, what I mean? It, yeah, it, yeah. It's kind of like. I think it's important to know, though, and that like there's a difference between what should be and what you think it should be rather than what it no, is. Yeah, yeah, you to know? totally. And <clears throat> if I could, like, if I were to ask myself that question, I would say, you know what? The way I, I thought it would go in my 20s, but it went a better, it went a, it went a better way. It went a way that I didn't know it was going to go. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it was, mm -hmm. and it worked out great because when you're, you know, for me anyway, football, when I quit football, I was fucked. It was like, oh my God, what am I going to do now? This is, and then you don't realize how little of a fucking time in your life that takes up. And then you find, you know, then, then I re yeah, insignificant. Right. And then I revisited a passion that I've had forever and I go, holy shit, I can make a living out of doing this. So that was a, that was yeah. a door that I didn't think was going that I didn't even know that was there. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you find, you know what you did? Yeah, no, sorry, no, no. continue. Then, then you find this hidden door and you go, holy shit, it was here the whole time. I just didn't fucking walk through it because it was, you know, buried behind some bullshit that, I, that doesn't matter, right? Yeah. I was going to say, what you did, there's one thing that you did that I really admire. And, like, I, I kind of, like, uh, I want to kind of preach this to my little brother because, and to any student, like, graduating high school or in, in college, university, like, you went to school originally for, um, I don't even forget, what'd you go for? You were doing some sort of bullshit. You didn't originally, like, and you really just wanted to. Originally, for going original at Fanshawe, it was uh, multimedia design and production, which is sort of sort of film, not really. Yeah, but then didn't you go into some sort of science yeah, stuff? Yeah, then, then at university, I, I was in kinesiology. Yeah, kin, yeah, yeah. So, no, I think, I think what's nice or what's inspiring about your story in terms of that is that. You, I remember you telling your parents that like you wanted to study film yeah. and you wanted to go to New York and you wanted to, you know, and they were totally against it, but you did it anyways. And then it turns out that like now it's led you to a much better opportunity than a kinesiology it's, degree. It's not know? that they were against it, but in their, and I, I don't think there really was no other way to look at it, but at the time it was like, Remember, too, none of the social media shit was out. Eh? Like, we, you know, back then it was nothing. So they didn't really understand what I was going to do with it. And neither did I. I didn't know. And then while yeah. you, in school, you're like, holy shit, Instagram popped up. Facebook became, you know, a, a, a platform which you can make shit. Then businesses started to realize it. And then through the journey, it became a career because it was able to. But when I first did it, it was like, I don't know what the, I, even me talking to myself in the mirror, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do with this, but I'm, I like it. So I'm going to yeah. do it. And then fortunately yeah. the world caught up and, or the world changed in terms of how, you know, what, what kind of content you can make and then boom. And then it, it sort of, it was, it was a classic example of, of preparation meeting opportunity. That's what I like yeah. to describe it. Just the world yeah. changed at a, at a That's great nice. time. Why, why, why you're trying to talk? brother what yeah. for, the, for music no no i'm just saying in general right these kids have and if we went through the same thing like oh what do i go to school for what do i do what do i do and it's like you didn't figure that out till 25 26 you know like or like get into that like this is my passion this is what i want to pursue rather than mom and dad want me to get a degree in something that's stupid mm. i don't really like it yeah you know so like i so i just like just just and and now more than ever in the 2020 world 
like that opportunity is there. Like follow your passion because there's somehow you're going to make money off. Dude, there's this kid I saw the other day on YouTube. He was the highest grossing profit on YouTube. He's eight years old. He made $23 million and he talks toy, about the toy toys. Review kid. Yeah, that kid's legendary on YouTube. That, so, kid's, that kid makes ink on so YouTube. So like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think it's important. That, and, and I think that it's okay to, and this is kind of what I want to tell my little brother is that, it's okay to kind of go against what mom and dad say now yeah. because in 10 or five years, maybe you have a bad relationship or a, a difficult relationship with them now. But when you prove to them in the next 10 years that your choice was correct and you're following your passion and you enjoy what you're doing, then you'll have a better relationship in the future. Sure. Does that make it sense? It does because, well, I mean – your parents are probably super proud of you now that, that you're doing what you're doing and you followed your passion, yeah, now you know? It's a whole different, now it's a whole different conversation. Like now it's a whole different yeah. – like I said at the beginning when I first started getting into it in like 2011, um, because none of this stuff was around, it was valid to, to think like that though. It was valid to ask questions and be like, Mike, what are you going to do with this? Like are you going to make movies? I mean that's good I guess. But, and then I kind of – then it, it brought on me – damn, what am I going to do with this? Like making movies is fucking hard. How are you going to, how are you going to make connections? And then, uh, like I said, all of a sudden now, you, if you had a camera, you can make shit and put it online. And then that's, that's a business. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I, I think there was a lot, you know, you had to, you had to have an eye open. I did it without even having, I don't think I, I still don't think I'm that good at social media. I'm not that good at social media. It's just, I found a platform in which you can put shit on. And then your brother yeah, dude. Yeah, if he totally. just started a fucking YouTube channel and just started I know, man. putting shit out there, it'll take a while. Like this podcast, when I first started it, it was like, "Fuck, I don't care. I don't really care what happens. I'm just gonna do it because it's fun," you know. And then, yeah, yeah, all these things. I think that's important. We we grew up in a time where everything is now, 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 now. I want it now. I want it now. But it's important that the the reason why our parents and our grandparents were so successful is because they were patient. Yeah. And I think the reason why you, you and I, and anyone else who's has some sort of what we would deem as success in the last five years is because you were patient, right? If you weren't patient and like while you were making videos for these clubs and bars and whatever, and or like I'm not making any money, what's going to happen? Like this, I can't live like this. But you still grinded through yeah. it, right? Then you realize it was a five-year struggle, but now you are where you are because of that struggle, and that's important to go through that so that you. You have to be patient. You have yeah. to be patient through all of these processes. Yeah, patience is key, and it's it doesn't come easy because you're gonna be shitty. You're gonna have nights where you're fucking. You're yeah. gonna have nights where you're broke as fuck. You have no one to talk to. You're you know, you're gonna have to eat freezer bread. You're gonna have to eat noodles for a week or two. It's it's going to happen, and not not enough people want to do. That, you know, Beyonce, but, Beyonce wasn't made in a day, man. We see Beyonce now. We see LeBron now. Yeah. We don't see we don't see that we don't see LeBron waking up at six a.m. or five a.m. every day and shooting five hundred free throws. We didn't no, see right. that. Yeah, we didn't see Beyonce practicing for four hours a day so that she can go put on a a eighty thousand person show. You don't see that. You see you see that yeah. now. Or like being you know? called lucky. You're like I I just I say fuck fuck off lucky. What do you mean lucky? Oh, you get to make videos for. Well, yeah, yeah because I made it. I made it. I made it hard. like that. And I'm not even at the point where I chose. I, like this is just the beginning of it too. I don't know where I'm going to end up in, you know, 4 or 5 years, but to to be called lucky, it's sort of an insult to be like, "Oh, that's so lucky." Well, no. Yeah. It's not lucky, man. Not even a little. 
Yeah, I think people 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 misuse the word lucky though. I think people just say it because people who use it the most are miserable at what they do. <laughs> um, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and the and the and the only reason they continue to do what they do is because they are trying to make enough money to buy things to impress people that they don't even Got like, them. and then yeah. Like people fronting on social media on on Instagram or Facebook or whatever whatever platform it may be, they're not doing it for them. They're doing it to impress people that they're like to stick it to someone they don't even like. Yeah, very true, know? man. Well, that's the city. That's Toronto. So it's you like just, you just described Toronto in a nutshell, dude. In those sentences, that's everyone yeah. in Toronto. That's almost everybody in this city. Trying. But no, some people. So some people actually do enjoy what they like, and, and the money that they make is will fit their lifestyle, but. In terms of like happiness or, or, or using the word lucky, like, oh, Mike, you're so lucky to do what you do. No, you worked hard for it and you enjoy yeah, it. That's, you know, that's, that's, are you lucky? Are you lucky to have had parents who raised you the way you yeah. were and allow you to give you that opportunity? That's, of course. Yeah. Yes. Are we lucky to have grandparents to come from Italy in the 1960s and the 1900s and have children and and have those children give us the opportunity that we have a hundred percent, man. Take it. I take it for granted every day and I shouldn't, but like so fortunate to have, to have the, the lifestyle and the upbringing that we had with the immigrants, yeah. grandparents, you know, like, you know, that, are we lucky for that? A hundred percent. No question, man. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you know, the struggle your grandparents, even your parents went through to come to Canada and like a boat ride, a two week boat ride to get to Canada, not speaking the language. Yeah. And like, that was we're lucky that we didn't have to go through that. Yes. But the opportunities you're given today, you work for yeah, those. That was actually podcast one is I put a microphone in front of my dad and his, his siblings. And it was cool to hear for sure. It was really cool to hear. Dude. It's incredible. The stories that they have can never be recreated yep. and so much can be learned from I'm them. I'm pretty man. sure. I'm pretty sure a story my uncle told me, he may have been thrown in jail for kidnapping, but it's fine. It was the sixties. It was the fucking wild west. It was the wild west, dude. It doesn't matter, man. Like, never in our lifetime will we ever have to walk 30 kilometers barefoot uphill both, in the winter. Both ways. Ever. We'll never have to do that. Yeah. Both ways. We'll never no have way. to do that. They didn't do that. But they say they did. What do you got going on today? What's up? What's going on in, in your life today? Um. So, today's my last day in Melbourne. So, what happened was uh, this with this company, I'm actually moving to, not moving, but I'm going to another city. It's about two hours yep. away. Um, and I'm, so I had to move out of my apartment and I'm currently living with one of my coworkers at his, uh, his house. And I'm just chilling right now, actually in hey. the bed, just chilling here. Um, it's almost noon here in uh, Melbourne time, Australia yep. time. Uh, but no super plans today. I need to pack some stuff, uh, maybe go grocery shopping and, uh, get some stuff ready for the next few weeks. I'll be working like pretty much 14 days on for like 16 hours a day straight. Jesus. So, um, but dude, honestly, man, like I can't tell you right now, I said it earlier. I love it, man. Like nothing gets me more excited than like waking up tomorrow morning at four 30 to have to get there and work for, you know, eight o'clock yeah. or whatever. And then like working 16 hours and then going to bed at midnight and then waking up again at five and then doing it again. Like I'm super pumped to do it, man. I'm super, That's super dope pumped. that you like it. That's fucking. Yeah, man. What's um, yeah. final. We'll go final question. Cause my phone's about, I'm at 2% right now. So I don't want to lose any of this. Well, yeah. uh, we'll go for, so for all the travelers out there. Okay. Who are, who are gearing up to, to yeah. 
take on the fucking earth? What, what kind of advice do you, I know you do, you do anyone who's listening, Karch does, you know, travel tips Tuesdays. Um, I don't, yeah, you guys should I don't follow tra- that at adventuring underscore Anthony on Instagram. Every Tuesday I got to travel. I, don't tra- I travel to work and back most of the time. So I can't use his tips, but for you out there, you can use his tips. So what is something like an overall arcing theme that you can tell potential travelers out there on how to be successful out in out in the world okay this was actually my tip maybe a week ago or two weeks ago and this has been a tip for travel but not only for travel but for life is become comfortable with the uncomfortable so essentially what i mean by that is in when you're traveling you're going to experience things that make you feel super uncomfortable you might have rats in your room in south asia you might have cockroaches under your bed you might end up in a city where they don't speak english very well and you're going to feel really scared and uncomfortable but it's important for you to become comfortable with the feeling of uncomfortableness if that makes any sense know that this is going to happen to you frequently throughout your travels and throughout life and the sooner you can embrace that feeling of uncomfortableness then that's the that's the second you start to win at travel and you start to really open up and start to learn a lot about yourself and the world and travel and and you really really become like a, a vulnerable person in terms of who you talk to and expose yourself for who you really are every time you talk to someone so when you become comfortable with being uncomfortable always like sometimes you might have to sleep in a train station or in a bus station or outside on a park bench but you have to become comfortable with that feeling and not give up on it right away because those are the same struggles you're going to have in your life. Like for example, like trying to find a job in Australia on a backpacking visa um, or trying to find a job in your own country, wherever you are, you know, so become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Embrace change is essentially what it is because it's going to happen all the time. So that's my tip to you that, and you don't need to buy travel size toothpaste. You can just buy 90 gram, Toothpaste, buy the toothpaste. Same with deodorant. You can buy 90 gram <laughs> deodorant and it's still It'll okay. still work. They try to sell you the small stuff. Yeah, they, try, they, they always have these travel size things like travel size toothpaste yeah. or travel size deodorant. No, you can buy a normal size stuff and it's, it still fits on their plane. So. Beauty. Don't listen, don't listen to that. All right, everybody. That's that. Karch, enjoy, you, uh, enjoy your day. Love you too. I'll, uh, we'll do this again. We'll yeah, do, buddy. man. Hey, see Peace you out, home. man. Bye. Bye.